Speaking of Travel is sponsored by the Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. Appalachian Realty. If you're looking for a home in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit AppalachianRealty.com. And Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Now, you be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. You're going to receive the latest travel news and travel tips and all kinds of fun sweepstakes. So sign up today, that's speakingoftravel.net. And remember, you can listen to this episode or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Well, you know, today I've just been amazed at the way that technological change is happening, and it's happening so fast, so much faster than in past decades. You know, I think we're at the beginning of another shift, and newer technologies are being developed and matured, and it's just happening so fast and more profoundly than ever before. I think we're experiencing this transformation of the iCloud and social media and mobile technology and analytics at such a highly accelerated. But what this means is that organizations really must start reinventing themselves from the ground up to remain competitive. And nobody doubts technology's importance in travel and tourism and how it's influenced and continues to shape the way we travel and gather information. So I am super excited today to be talking to one of the great connectors of potential and resources and technology, Tim Lewis. Tim has a legendary entrepreneurial career and is president and CEO of Tala Professional Services. It's an international technology and innovation firm with a global clientele. And Tim, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to us talking. Well, Tim, you and I met in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I was there doing a workshop, and the facility where I was uh, doing this workshop is a facility that your company um, has a big part of, and and I was uh, just so taken away by this innovative and high-tech uh Platform. Tell us a little bit about your company and and how Tala Professional Services um, is changing technology today. Well, thank you very much. We are a, as you mentioned, an innovation and technology firm. We're not in the business of selling uh, hardware. We're in the business of helping people 
utilize technology for their particular purposes, whether that's economic development or training or uh, security. So our, our job is to help people put technology into practice in their businesses, their communities, uh, their organizations. Uh, we've been doing this since 1987. We have a long history of watching the marketplace evolve and watching the needs uh, change and watching technology change. Uh, so we're excited about every opportunity we have to sit down with uh, our clients, understand where they're trying to go and what their their needs and objectives are, and seeing how we can work side by side with them to infuse and integrate and uh, technology as a way to enhance uh, what they're doing and help them arrive at their destinations a lot faster. Uh, and speaking of the the project in Tuscaloosa where we met, uh, it is a unique uh, facility. Uh, it's one of a kind. We believe it's an innovation and discovery center uh, that serves as sort of a digital library, technology center, and community center all in one, uh, born out of a disaster. Uh, back in 2011, the city of Tuscaloosa was uh, struck by an E4 uh, tornado. EF4 tornado that destroyed about 12% of the city and over 52 lives were lost. But from that tragedy, uh, as the city started to rebuild, one of the things that was rebuilt in this community was this uh, innovation and discovery center called the Gateway. And it's exciting as to what we've been able to do uh, since that time. Well, when I was there, the uh, uh, this place was just packed with people. They were on computers. They were uh, in workshops. They were doing so many things. It's it's such an out-of-the-box kind of um, platform there. Tell us a little bit about how that even all came together. Sure. Well, we started out, uh, the city had originally planned to do a, a library branch and had money set aside to do that. And after the tornado, uh, that was put on hold, and as the, the community around this area started to rebuild with a new police station, a fire station, a, a K-8 performing arts school, then the question was raised, well, what about a library branch? And with discussions with the city leader and the mayor, uh, part of what we introduced, part of what Tyler introduced to the mix was, why not build something unique and different? Why not uh, go beyond just a typical library branch and let's do a digital library, let's do something that hadn't been done before. And uh, to the credit of the, the mayor and the, the council and all the leadership, they bought into that idea. So we worked hand-in-hand hand with the architectural firm and the city to literally design uh, this building, uh, and as sometimes they say, they designed the building around the technology because the technology was a leading part of what we did there. But it really is a unique facility. We have training rooms, we have classrooms, we have interactive video walls. And, and as you mentioned, we have spaces for young and old to come and explore and learn and uh, access technology and Wi-Fi for free. Uh, and then we, we also have the ability for people to learn more about the community through our interactive video wall. Well, when I was there, it was it was just so refreshing because it was a multi generational. There were I could see there were um, grandparents with their grandchildren um, looking at, uh, at this technology, learning 
talking. They were in conversation. It was just so amazing. And then the other part of it was uh, it just seemed that it was such a big part of the community, um, that it was a place where people could come and and be comfortable and uh, truly uh, learn not just about the community, as you mentioned, but about the whole world. And that's a big part of uh, just raising the tide for everybody. And I would imagine that's part of what goes into your thought process as you're creating these experiences. Absolutely. A a part of what we wanted to do was to make uh, this facility a destination, Uh, not only a destination for people in Tuscaloosa and surrounding areas, uh, but we also wanted to make sure that uh, when people came to Tuscaloosa for Alabama football, they had something else that they could see. Even though they come for football, we wanted to have some other destinations, and we have several. But this was a unique situation that we were able to attract people, uh, both local and uh, national and international, to come in and see what we were doing uh, to explore uh, using the technology uh, some of Tuscaloosa's history, because uh, we have a 16-foot-long by 5-foot-tall interactive video wall that's touch-sensitive. Uh, you go up and you touch information on there, and it opens up and explains to you about some of our past and some of our history. But then it also lets you explore uh, places around Tuscaloosa, but not only around Tuscaloosa, but uh, places around the world. You know, we've been involved with the uh, sister cities program, and we have three different sister cities that uh, Tuscaloosa is partnered with, and have information on all of those. And so, people learn a lot. Uh, and you mentioned the grandparents and, and the kids. It's amazing when you see uh, young people come in and with their uh, parents or grandparents, and they go into our kids' room where we have these two interactive uh, learning and entertainment tables where there's over 300 uh, educational fun learning types of games and they can go in and play uh, and learn at the same time or they can the kids can go to our interactive coloring wall where they can you know pick out a uh, figure or a character that they want to color and they use their finger on the wall to color it and then they can email it to grandma and granddad so it's a, it's a pretty amazing place it really is I had a great time doing all that coloring so Tim when we come back from the break I want to talk a little bit about um, about the work that you're doing in helping uh, not only mid-sized communities, but also small rural communities in being able to embrace and leverage their technology. Tim Lewis, thank you so much. We'll be back after the break. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. 
Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball, your host, and I'm here today with Tim Lewis. Tim is legendary, I have to say. He's president and CEO of Tala Professional Services. This is an international technology and innovation firm. He's got a global clientele. Tim, I'm so grateful for you to be on the show today. Where are we? Where are you today? I'm actually in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, we're working on a project down here. It's a museum and a memorial uh, that we've been working on for the last couple of years. It's very exciting. It opened last year and it's been uh, very well received and gotten uh, national and international uh, acclaim. Uh, so it's exciting uh, to be a part of a project like this, uh, working with the Equal Justice Initiative. Well, let's talk a little about the Equal Justice Initiative and about this new project because I want people to know what's going on down there. Uh, the Equal Justice Initiative, I know, is um, it's just really challenging racial and economic injustice and protecting some basic human rights. Tell us about the, the museum you were talking about, the project, and how the initiative is, is all a part of all that. Sure. Uh, the Equal Justice Initiative uh, is uh, started by Brian Stevenson, an outstanding uh, attorney who's been representing uh, underserved and uh, people who've been incarcerated, possibly incarcerated, but he's also been working on several different projects. And uh, over a year ago now, uh, he opened the Legacy Museum uh, from Enslavement to Mass Incarceration, which is a wonderful facility, and you can find out more about the museum and the projects at uh, eji.org. Uh, but there is also the National Memorial to Peace and Justice. And so they're both uh, great and exciting projects. Uh, I'm happy to be uh, working with them on some of their technology initiatives. But I would encourage people to just go out to the to the website, and you can learn a lot about the work uh, that Brian has done, uh, learn about the book that he wrote a few years ago that was a New York Times bestseller called Just Mercy. Uh, there's a wealth of information about uh, the project here in Montgomery. And you've been you've been working in social justice for a long time. Tell us a little bit about your past, Tim, just where you're well, from I've, and and such. Sure. Yeah, I have been trying to make sure that everybody is treated fairly and equally and 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 justly. Uh 
So for over the years, I've worked on diversity issues. I'm currently working uh, in Tuscaloosa for a new uh, project, the Tuscaloosa Civil Rights History Task Force, and we're creating a civil rights uh, walking trail uh, to talk about you know, how uh, civil rights uh, evolved in Tuscaloosa. We hear a lot about other places such as Selma and Birmingham, but sometimes uh, other places like Tuscaloosa where major events occurred like Bloody Tuesday are, are not uh, as well known. And so we're working to raise the awareness uh, of those types of places, which is one of the things that I, I, I tend to want to work on a lot is finding uh, undiscovered or underdiscovered places that have a great story and a great history uh, and being able to help them highlight those stories and that history and using technology as a tool to do that. Well, how do you use technology as a tool? You talked about the uh, big um, uh, screen. The what is that at the uh, gateway? The it's an, it's, an, it's an interactive wall. It's an interactive video wall. But part of what I do is I look at each project and see what the objectives are. What's the narrative? What what is that project telling? What story is being told? And how can we find and, and match the right technology to help enhance and tell that story? Uh, is it an app? Is it an interactive wall in a facility? Is it some type of wireless uh, network that allows you to uh, find your way from one a historic location in a city to another? And once you arrive at that location, be able to pull up on your your phone, uh, more information, or to be able to use your phone and, and, and use something called augmented reality to, to point your phone at a particular location and, and learn more information about it by looking at your phone and, and, and finding out the history of that particular place that you're standing or visiting. So our job at Tower is really looking at all of the realm and the range of technologies out there and finding the right technology to match uh, the narrative needs to be told. And working closely with the client to figure out how to integrate that technology and what they're doing. It is really a, a challenge to get the right blend of technology with the right narrative. Because you know, if not, you put too much technology and it overpowers the narrative. If you don't have enough, it, it really doesn't enhance the story. Well, it sounds so futuristic in a way. It's yeah, where these innovative ideas are coming to life and uh, but it's really happening today in today's world and you are providing this opportunity to actually kind of travel outside uh, space even that you're here but you can virtually be looking at a reality over here where do you come up with these um you must do a lot of research to find what technology is available and and how to piece it all together. We do. Uh, I actually have a team that's constantly looking at the latest and great tech, latest and greatest technologies, looking at trends in the marketplace, but more importantly, looking at uh, areas that we're interested in. Working with museums, working with destinations and tourist destinations, working with whole communities that are trying to improve their economic development or trying to improve workforce enhancement or workforce development. So we look at those challenges and those opportunities and we try to say, now, how can we help? You know, we're all about helping other people. And so our, our job is not just try to sell you on a 
particular piece of technology, but to say, okay, what can we do to help you accomplish what you're trying to do? Is it help you train more workers for your plant? Is it help you in your community tell your story so more people want to visit? Is it help your school make sure every child has access to wireless so that they're able to excel in, in their classes? So, so really, I think we put that as our number one thing. What can we do to help our clients uh, accomplish what they're trying to accomplish? And you do that with, um, as we were talking earlier, with mid-level, mid-sized communities, large communities. But let's just talk a minute about these small rural communities that, you know, where we are here in western North Carolina, there's, um, you know, very rural communities. When you go into the rural communities, do you look at the the um challenges that might be faced as far as the technology and, and as you say, help them to leverage uh, what is available and what is um, doable in, the, in those rural communities? We do. You know, each community is unique in that the infrastructure, whether they have or, or do not have wireless, whether they have fiber optics, whether they have a, a workforce that's, you know, able to leverage these technologies, we have to do an assessment. So we really have a number of tools that we use to do a community assessment to see what that community has and where they rank in terms of their abilities in, in, their, in their infrastructure. Once we have that information, then we're able to see where the gaps are and where, where the holes are. And from that, we can develop a, a plan and a strategy as to how to fill some of those gaps, be it with technology, be it with infrastructure, uh, be it with training. And then, you know, the most important part of that is how do you fund it? You know, there are a lot of needs out there, especially in rural communities, uh, but there's not a lot of funding. So a part of what we're focusing a lot more on uh, this year is helping uh, our clients identify funding sources, uh, grants and other funding sources that can help fund some of these initiatives. And how can somebody find out more about uh, your organization, Tim? We have a website. It's Tala, T-A-L-A-P-R-O.com, Talapro.com. Uh, feel free to visit our site, uh, and you can always send me an email uh, at tlewis at Talapro.com, and we would be happy to talk to you about what we're doing. Uh, we're always interested in new and exciting projects, especially uh, I, I tell people we're looking for legacy-type projects, projects where we can come in and walk side-by-side uh, side with our client to do something that's going to make a difference for generations to come. Uh, we love doing those types of projects where we can be fully invested in, in helping tell a story that's going to make a difference, whether it's for young people that's trying to improve their education, or whether it's for senior citizens that are looking for ways to stay active, or whether it's for uh, the mayor of a city that wants to attract new businesses and they need uh, to be able to tell their story, to, to get their story out to a, broad, a broader audience so that they can uh, attract those businesses. So I'd love to talk to people about, you know, what they're trying to accomplish and see if we're the right fit. Well, Tim, when we come back, let's talk more about that. And um, definitely I'd like to talk to you about uh, the Equal Justice Initiative a little bit more and um, 
just some of these big destinations, too, that we've been talking about. Tim Lewis is here with us. He's um, with Tala uh, Professional, and we will be back after the break. real estate company success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown, Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit FlyAVL.com to plan your next trip. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on a Well, we're here at the top of the third on Speaking of Travel with our good friend Doc Lawrence as he continues his journey along the Gourmet Highway. And where do you think Doc is this week? Well, you know what? He is in his own backyard, his hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, just in time for the big game. And why would Doc be anywhere else right now but in his own backyard, parting down and enjoying the action? Doc, you rascal, I just knew it. A front row seat to all the excitement. So what's it like down in Atlanta? Marilyn, hear the cheers, the yelling, the music, the drum beats. I'm here at the Super Bowl site in Atlanta, Georgia. And you know, in my imagination, I arrived here with Gladys Knight, Atlanta's first lady, riding her midnight train to Georgia. This is her hometown as well as mine. This place is hopping. It's an entire week And this weekend, it comes to a head with the big game. But you know, I'm just a few blocks from Peachtree, and I was born there on a frosty morning in Maryland long, long ago in February, very near the fabulous Fox Theater. Atlanta has really exploded since the last Super Bowl a couple of decades back. The downtown area here is alive with the energy of great restaurants, lots of them. The world's largest aquarium. CNN's international headquarters is within eyesight from where I'm standing right now. Hey, Sam, that's Samuel L. Jackson just walking by. He lives here now just like I do, Marilyn. Atlanta's home to Ted Turner, Andrew Young, John Lewis, Sir Elton John, Evander Holyfield, and the part-time home of Jimmy Carter and his wife, Rosalind, good friends and fans of the Gourmet Highway. I always visit the King Center near here, 
and pay my respects to Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., where he is buried. Dr. King transformed America and made us better people. Maryland, the High Museum of Art, here in Atlanta's finest public art facility, is also part of the Woodruff Center, home to the Atlanta Symphony and the world-renowned Atlanta Alliance Theater. The Gourmet Highway was born here in Maryland, and justly so. The Southern Heritage restaurants like Mary Max and the Colonnade are perfect fits with the hot dogs and onion rings at the Heralded Varsity, the world's largest drive-in restaurant. I know you've been there, and I know you're going to join me there someday in the near future. Fine dining, Maryland, where do we begin? I had dinner last night at Canoe, the great restaurant right on the banks of the Chattahoochee River. Tonight, my choice is a little quieter and very elegant, area and Buckhead. It's delicious, it's warm, and it's bountiful. Maryland, one of the Super Bowl coaches, Sean McVay of the Los Angeles Rams, an Atlanta fellow, young, popular, dynamic. And you know I'm not taking sides in this match. I just want everybody to enjoy the fun like I am. We're Maryland. It's getting near time for me to go home, and I'm going to finish my Coca-Cola, which is made here, of course, and jump on the rapid rail, go to the house, change clothes, and come on back down and enjoy this wonderful city. This is Doc Lawrence on Super Bowl weekend in wonderful Atlanta, Georgia, saying so long for now for Maryland Ball, speaking of travel, and I hope to see you soon on the Gourmet Highway in your hometown. Well, I'll be down there before too long, Doc, and dinner at Mary Max for sure. Bye for now. You can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. I am here talking today with Tim Lewis. Tim is the president and CEO of Tala Professional Services, an international technology and innovation firm. He's got a global clientele. Tim, thank you again for being on the show today. My pleasure. I'm truly enjoying uh, talking about some of the things that we've done, but more importantly, talking about how people can engage with technology both in terms of uh, their destinations so that we can learn more about them and explore more, but also uh, talking about some futuristic opportunities for virtual reality. Yeah, that futuristic stuff, I mean, it's uh, it's just like out of uh, sci-fi almost. You know, when we were kids and we were watching these shows where they were showing what, what today is almost like a virtual reality. But I want to ask you this. You... Your firm, you and your firm have a global clientele, so I would imagine that you travel the world. Uh, do you do a lot of traveling every year? Well, it, it depends. Some years we travel a lot and some years not. Uh, the last couple of years I have been focused mostly here in, in the U.S. And, and, and primarily in the Southeast. But there have been years uh, where I spent a lot of time on the East Coast. We've done work in Boston and up and down the East Coast. We've done work out, out in the Midwest and, and Denver and other places. And then uh, for about two years, I was traveling back and forth to uh, to Italy. And we, had, we worked on a U.S. Army base outside of, uh, outside of uh, Venice uh, that we spent uh, a lot of time on. Uh, and, and so I was going back every, every six weeks, and it was an exciting time. I bet. And I I would imagine that all this global traveling for you and working with some of your um, 
global clientele, it really puts you at an advantage of seeing uh, really the reality of the whole world. Do you, as you bring all of your technology and all of your thoughts and ideas uh, and innovation into helping your clients, do you feel that uh, these outside influences, these other cultures help you to develop these bigger ideas? I do. Uh, you know, I've always been someone uh, who liked to explore and who liked uh, meeting new people and learning about new cultures. And so I've been blessed to be able to travel and, and do that throughout my career. And, and so being exposed to and seeing some different things that are happening in, in different parts of the world and ways that technology is being applied in those areas has been uh, very helpful to me as I come back and work uh, both locally and across the, my client base on bringing new ideas to fruition. I was recently at a uh, conference in uh, New York uh, called Next uh, Museums, and it was talking about what museums need to do in order to stay and become more relevant uh, in the next 10 years and how technology was being infused in museums, and there were museums from all across the world there, and it was exciting to see uh, how virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, a host of different technologies have been applied in the museum space, uh, and and I was able to learn some things, but I was also able to share some of the things that we have been doing and, and to make some great contacts with hopefully opportunities for us to continue to work with uh, museums and other destinations around the world. Well, tell me a, a little bit about the museum that you were talking about earlier um, that you're working on with Brian Stevenson. How did you come up with some of these ideas to implement into that particular museum? Part of the, uh, the Equal Justice Initiative there's such a rich history and there's so much content. The question is, how do you provide a narrative? How do you tell that story uh, so that people who want to uh, trace the history from enslavement all the way through mass incarceration, they can do that in a way where if you want the, a high level, you can do that. If you want to go deep, you can do that. So throughout the museum, there are videos, there are holograms that tell individual personalized stories. A lot of the museum is first-person narrative. Uh, there are touch screens where you can drill down and, and take an in-depth look at some particular topics, whether it's uh, segregation or mass incarceration. So, so part of what I've tried to do is working with the team to find the right technology to match the right narrative and to give people the option of being able to... Um, to drill down and go deep in their their study and their understanding and their exploration, but also if they want a high-level view uh, of what was happening in a certain period, whether it was during the, the time of enslavement or during the time of mass incarceration, that information was at their fingertips and readily available. Well, Tim, when we come back from the break, I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about these um, smart tools and, and some of the technology that... We were talking create a legacy. Uh, Tim Lewis is here with us today. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. 
Hi, this is Tina Kinsey, and I am with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. All travelers need a government-issued ID when traveling, the most common being a driver's license or a passport. But have you ever thought about what you would do if if you lost your ID when traveling? No matter what, this scenario would be a headache. However, an easy step you can take ahead of time to expedite replacement is to make copies of your IDs and have these with you when you travel. You could even take photos of your IDs and have them stored in your phone or email scanned copies to yourself. That way, you will have the information you need at your fingertips when you begin the process of replacement. Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball, your host. We're here today with Tim Lewis. Where where are you from originally? I'm actually from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, that's that's home. Uh, I've been fortunate to have traveled a lot and uh, spent time in other places, but uh, Tuscaloosa is home. Uh, I spent a lot of time on the West Coast. My father lives there, and spent a lot of time up uh, in Ohio and uh, in other places. So I, I try to try to get out and travel and see the world as best I can. Well, you are bringing back with you, as you're doing all of your travel, this uh, growth and innovation and change and really being, I would call you a change agent. You are just able to combine all your experience and knowledge and resources to help communities and um, uh, organizations and companies really get down to telling that story. Have you always been a storyteller? You know, it's, it's interesting. No. Uh, I tell people this. Uh, I'm actually an electrical engineer by training, and so I'm a, I'm a unique individual And because in electrical engineering school, they don't teach you to present or speak. They teach you to solve problems. So uh, everything I know about Storytelling and presenting is, are skills that I've learned uh, over my career and uh, in order to be able to, to share ideas that I have. And I've learned that if you can't present your idea in a compelling and, and, uh, way, then people don't buy into them. So uh, what you, what you're talking, the person you're talking to is one who's been developed and evolved over time from a, 
an engineer who knows how to solve technical problems to someone, I hope, can explain and present ideas to people in a way that they buy into them. Well, I think you can say that you already have a, a legacy of doing just that. In your career, you've helped uh, so many people from the Equal Justice Initiative, Honda, Mercedes-Benz, USA, um, International, the city of Chattanooga. How do you go about finding your clients, Tim? Do they, uh, because I know that you explore and, and do a lot of in your travels, do you uh, get a call from somebody? Does somebody, how do, how do people reach out to you? Yeah, a lot of it has been word of mouth. You know, we, uh, we don't advertise on radio or TV, but what we try to do is network. And over the years, we've been, successful at building a, a substantial network of people that, that we have worked with and worked for uh, and we have relationships with, and, and we get referrals. And I'm always looking for people to share our information uh, with other people, tell them about uh, what we've done for them, but, but more importantly, to, to at least give us a call and ask if we can help. Uh, and that's really what's been uh, our success is that We've been available. We've been out in the public marketplace and, and trying to help and, and give back. And that's the other thing I probably didn't mention is I'm always looking for ways that our company can give back um, because over the years so many people have helped me uh, go from one person in a briefcase in 1987 to you know creating a, a very substantial and, and internationally recognized firm that has been around for a number of years. And so... I want to give back to some of the younger entrepreneurs that are trying to start businesses. And to that end, I've been involved with three different uh, business incubators and trying to help get more entrepreneurs out there and successful. Well, that that is a legacy right there. And I know, too, Tim, that a big... Uh, part of you, you and your company is uh, collaboration, working together. That you're very open-minded to uh, to bring in, like you said, the team. Um, and so, talk a little bit about that. How how important that is for you to bring together uh, people into working together, creating this sense of community within a community. Absolutely. You know, inside of our organization, we have a number of uh, experts and specialists, but we also realize that we don't have all the knowledge and all the experience. So we're constantly looking for people we can partner with who bring uh, to the table their expertise. And we look for a true win-win. I've always been a proponent of, you know, something uh, that benefits all. And I tell my clients, you know, we want to make sure that the client gets what they need, but we also want to make sure that at the end of the day, all the players are satisfied. So whether I'm working with a city and have multiple departments, we want to make sure each department is uh, happy and satisfied with the outcomes. But when we put together teams, we're looking for people who have a similar uh, culture as us, a similar uh, overall uh, guiding principles in terms of wanting to to do the right things for the right reasons and help people. And so uh, we've been very successful, and we, we, we welcome people who would like to reach out to us, and they can go to our website and, or send me an email. You know, the website is talapro.com, uh, and the email address is tlewis at talapro.com. But I'd love to talk to people about 
partnerships and teaming and you know, projects that they may have on their plate where they might need our expertise. We do a lot of work with architects and planners and economic development people when they're trying to look at uh, either new companies moving in or new facilities or new campuses where we get involved with helping plan from the ground up. Well, the, that is, to me, the biggest part of this is working from the ground up and taking it taking that from the ground up into the future and and creating uh, the technology and the innovation around how to make that happen and I want to I want to bring it back to the gateway in Tuscaloosa because uh, that to me seems to it, it's like the ultimate platform of everything that you've been talking about um, just all of that free access to technology when you, because now that I know that you're from Tuscaloosa, so that must have been uh, a project really dear to your heart. It, it was, you know, and you think about it. I grew up there, went to school there. I, I mean, I live less, you know, I, I grew up less than five miles from the from from where the gateway is is located. And so, growing up there, uh, you know, I watched the city change, but. Uh, before 2011, I had spent most of my career working outside of Tuscaloosa. It was interesting because you know, I, I really had you know, gone off to Birmingham to open up my office and worked uh, around the world. And when the, the disaster struck in 2011 with the tornado, a part of what I wanted to do was to, you know, even though I still live there, I wanted to come back home in terms of working to try to help uh, the recover and in, in as I said to the mayor, he said he'd like to build uh, back better. And I said, Mayor, can we also build back smarter? And he said, yes. And, and that's where I worked with uh, the team on developing the five-year strategic plan for how Tuscaloosa would go forward. And my portion of that was, what do we need to do when it comes to technology and infrastructure? And not only did we work on the gateway, but we worked on a 5.2-mile walking, biking, and hiking trail that followed the pathway of the tornado. So as those communities were being rebuilt, we put in this walking and biking and hiking trail that had you know LED street lights, it had wireless, it had security cameras. So now we've created a another connector between different areas of the community and, and infused with technology. So uh, the gateway is one of those destinations at the end of that walking and trail. And the gateway has really become a symbol of how people can recover from a major disaster and, and build back better and smarter. And we're making a difference in people's lives. Uh, over 12,000 people came through the gateway last year. And uh, we do special programs in the summer for kids, what we call tech adventures, where we bring, you know, 1,200 to 2,000 young people through the gateway in, in an eight-week period and do small experiments and training and have fun uh, with them, showing them how to use technology. Um, and so it's exciting. I'm excited about uh, the project. I'm excited about the fact that not only were we able to help design and get it built working with the city, but we now have the responsibility of managing the, the center and developing the programs. And I think the programs are really what sets it apart because we're constantly partnering with community organizations, uh, city departments, to bring new programming uh, to, to the citizens of Tuscaloosa. 
Well, Tim, I can't thank you enough for doing that and for doing all the work that you're doing. And and I think that the Gateway can be almost a, a blueprint, if you will, for communities nationwide. That's a national story. It's it's so um, it's just worthy of everything, and and all the work that you're doing is is so worthy. You're leaving a legacy, and I'm really honored to have you on my show today, Tim. And and can't thank you enough. Oh, it's been my pleasure, and, and you're doing a great job telling people about all these wonderful destinations and helping them to learn more about the world we live in. So thank you for what you're doing. All right. Well, Tim, go forth and have a wonderful day. This is Marilyn Baugh. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. This is a great opportunity for you to look outside the box, do something different, think Think about other destinations. Where do you want to go? How can you help? How can you give back like Tim Lewis? Give back to your community. Go out and have a wonderful week. And remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Joy.